And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Realignment Palooza continues. And I couldn't think of two more perfect people to talk about this with than the hosts of One True Pod, which you can hear on Thursdays on the Andy Staples and Friends podcast channel. Or maybe we're going to call it the, the podcast network. But Max Olson and Sam Khan, you guys, this is what you do. And oh my God, Max has a huge story up on The Athletic right now. Max, you reported that Bob Bowlesby from the Big 12, George Klyovkov from the Pac-12 meeting about a potential merger or maybe a scheduling alliance or something. But it could be that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 working together in the future. First of all, I apologize to your listeners for having to hear from me again. I feel like we've been doing this a lot, Andy. <laughs> a lot. Uh, well, you keep breaking lot. everything. A lot. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Bob Bowlesby kind of, as you heard uh, yesterday, Sam, Bob Bowlesby dropped quite a few hints to this possibility yesterday during his appearance in front of the Texas Senate that, um, you know, those those politicians wanted a, a clear sense of what are your options? And he floated, hey, we could potentially merge with the conference. We could potentially have a scheduling alliance. We could uh, even get into some sort of deal where we are working together with a conference to negotiate our next TV deal together or something like that. There could be other, you know, other unforeseen possibilities here. The sense in the Big 12 is like, we got there's no bad ideas right now. We got to talk about anything that we could do to uh, preserve our, you know, a five P five status and try and get the revenue back to something, you know, something livable here after Texas and Oklahoma leave the conference. As Bob Bowles, we said yesterday, the distribution on the TV deal, uh, this year was about 28 million, uh, per school. What do you got to do to try and get back to that in some way when, when the two most valuable, uh, brands in your conference exit? Yeah, I think, uh, I think this is a smart decision on Bob's part. The, the damage is done on Texas and Oklahoma and, and the options of being able to recoup the 50% of revenue. He said 28 million is distributed to every Big 12 member in TV revenue every year and that OU and Texas value is probably half that, which means you're looking at at least a $14 million a year hit for each of these schools and mitigating that loss is of the utmost importance to Bob Bowlesby and those eight remaining big 12 members. So doing something along these lines, whether it's a merger, whether it's a scheduling alliance and both of these schools have Fox as a partner, could you see them pool pooling together for a, a joint broadcast deal with Fox to, to get a more lucrative deal with these schools together? I, I think it's a smart option and it's a, it's a creative way to try and keep this league together. Well, Andy, you've talked about the possibility of, well, why doesn't the Big Ten just go take the best assets from the Pac-12, right? I think part of this idea of collaborating this is just what if, we can, from that. Yes. what if we can protect each other 
by not, neither of us gets rated if we work together and all of our members get aboard with this. Now, obviously there's a, there's two, two, two very different scenarios going on here in terms of the different sides. There's not desperation in the big 12, but there is urgency certainly, whereas things are much less tumultuous in the PAC 12. So can you sell all that leadership on, on a deal that while it may save the big 12, is there enough value on the PAC 12 side that this is uh, you know, worth partnering up? Well, that, that's the question. And, and USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, those are the schools that have to answer that question. If they're cool with it, then you're in good shape if you're the Big 12. Now, we don't know what we're exactly describing here is the, the question, though. If we're talking about a merged conference with 20 teams, that is probably going to require some, some convincing on the part of the, the folks from the Big 12 to say, hey, look, you know, we may not bring all the revenue you you would hope but because you're you're going to have your own new TV deal this would this would be its own new TV deal we can probably get you to where you were and then maybe there's a different model for selling third tier rights which the Big 12 I would say had correct and is something that the the Pac 12 would like to do where you could do your own third tier rights because if you're USC and you can sell your third tier rights individually and don't have to plow that into a Pac 12 network that doesn't give you anything back then you might be pretty happy with that. That would keep you from having the wandering eye. But they've got to be able to convince them that. And oh, by the way, they just kicked ESPN in the shins. So I'm sure ESPN is going to be thrilled to, to talk about how much money they're going to pay for a, uh, for a merged league. Well, and, and George Klievkov just started his job on July 1. So obviously he inherited issues, some pretty clear, very publicly well-reported issues uh, that the Pac-12 has relative to the SEC and Big Ten. So the question is, is there is there a piece of this deal that solves some of those things where there is the network or it is some of the just the revenue aspects of, of trying to feel like, hey, we have to respond to and keep up with the SEC and the moves they're making. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. I, I, I need to, like, assure people this ain't, ain't going to happen tomorrow, right? This is this is a long play, I think, on both sides if they even can get on the same page and, and, and find something that's agreeable. Um, certainly the idea of a merger would take a lot of, a lot of work to work through a lot of details. Um, but I think there's, you know, folks on the big 12 side feel like, Hey, we have time to figure this out and we have to explore this. And, um, you know, I think even the stuff like geography, like, yeah, does West Virginia want to play, uh, games on the West coast at night? Like, no, that's not their dream scenario. But at this point, uh, un- until you have some offer from the ACC in front of you, like you can't say no to any of this stuff. You have to explore these possibilities if it can keep you in a good position. And and so, from what I've heard, they've they've even been supportive of exploring this. What what might a a scheduling alliance look like? Because everybody looks at this and says, "Oh, merger, merger," but it's also possible that they do a scheduling alliance or do a s- somewhat combined sale of right of, of media rights, but not a total merger. So, how, what other options would be on the table? Yeah, do do you think that that when that hits your ear, do you think that means more we'll do the crossover games in non-conference or do you think that's kind of doing a, a conference schedule that's a little bit of both? If I'm the Big 12, I want the merger. If I'm those those eight schools remaining in the Big 12, I want the merger. But if I'm in the Pac-12, I want to explore both and figure out which makes me more money in the long run. Increasing the quality of the the non-conference games for the Big 12 would help in their new deal if they were to stay their own league and then add some teams. So I think they can help each other that way. 
it really, because the Pac-12 is in the position of power, it depends on what those schools would want. But Sam, I, I, I'm curious what you think about this. Those schools have been historically somewhat academically snobby, but they're not completely against dealing with schools that aren't, say, AAU members, because some of them aren't. You know, three of the Pac-12 are not AAU members. So do you think getting into the Texas market, uh, getting into Oklahoma, getting into places that are pretty football crazy, do you think that outweighs what they've, you know, historically looked at in terms of what they want in their membership? No doubt. I, I think it is. And for the same reason you guys were mentioned earlier about protecting each other is we discussed this earlier, Andy, the Pac-12 is the next most vulnerable league now after the Big 12 of the Power Five. So whatever you can do to mitigate your risk, I think is helpful. And then the other question I have is, if you are going to do that, what say would the Pac-12 have, if any say, about who the Big 12 adds? You know, when the Big 12 decides, if they decide to do this merger, they decide to do a scheduling alliance and work together, does the Pac-12 have some say? And do they say, hey, Big 12, we want you to look at Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, SMU, you know, who are those schools? You know, who are the, where are those markets that the big Pac-12 would like to have some eyeballs in? I think that's, I think that's worth considering because if they do do something, I, I, my other question is, is does the Big 12 need to add some schools before they make this kind of merger? Yeah, the, I'm thinking if it's a merger, you just stay at eight. You you just have try to merge those eight in and, and be a twenty team league. I, the more mouths to feed probably doesn't satisfy the Pac twelve if in a, in a merger situation, but in an ally, a scheduling alliance situation, yeah, I would think they're yeah. going to want something a little more robust. And that and that's why the interesting piece of this is and Bullsby uh, spoke on it uh, on Monday um, to these politicians that. You know, they were pressing him on, has expansion begun? Have you already had these conversations? Have you reached out to potential members about joining the Big 12? And and the way Bullsby explained to them is there's a sequence of events here. And the first one would be, let's look into a partnership. Um, because I think if you, I, you know, I, I know that these are, these are all kind of strange bedfellows, but like, are you a little bit more excited about the idea? If you're in like Stillwater, are you a little more excited about the idea of USC coming to town than UCF? I, I think so. Uh, I, I definitely think so. And I think if you're TV, you're, you're more excited about that too. Uh, I have that Bob Bowlesby clip from that Texas Senate hearing. So let's, let's listen to Bob Bowlesby now talking about that. Process and discuss. It, it varied from institution to institution. I know, uh, but wouldn't it be fair? I mean, wouldn't it be really fair to say that some of your members just didn't want U of A, for instance, to be able to recruit in the same conference with them in the, in the Gulf Coast area. I, I didn't hear that expressed, but we talked about uh, the uh, impact of the Houston area when we met with the folks from uh, from the University of Houston, and and uh, that was a uh, uh, the board chair and the and the athletic director and oh, and the okay. president. Yeah, I was kept abreast to it in in. Obviously, it's we're still a little dismayed that you wouldn't see the vitality of the community that even the professor mentioned. So you're at. Well, eight. we also looked at at uh, Central Florida as an example in the Orlando community. We looked at South Florida that was in Tampa. We looked at Las Vegas. Um, there were. Are you doing that currently? Because you're at eight and you need to be at ten at least. I think under your ESPN agreement. 
Well, we've, we've, uh, we're happy that we did the research the last time around, and uh, that will give us a jump start going forward. There may be others that doing? we'll want to consider. I mean, our, our instruction was the future. Would it be fair to say you're having those conversations now? Uh, at, at some level. Early we, informal. We, we have no. We haven't had formal conversations on Informed. on candidate members because we're we're we think it's uh, there's a sequence in which we need to act, and that includes some of the collaborations that I mentioned earlier. What's your timetable to consider additional members? In the we, we don't have a timetable at this point. Well, could you do one for me? <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I don't care to, Senator. <laughs> Senator Whitmire trying to get uh, get Bob to to commit. Bob it was funny said, watching hey, this. Stay like, tuned, Senator. I love. You know, can you do this? Can you do one for me? <laughs> so, some of these guys came in with uh, you know pretty clear like agendas that they wanted to talk about. Whitmire want, wanted to get some answers Houston. on why the Big Twelve yeah. has no yeah. love for Houston. Another wanted to get some answers on why won't these in-state schools schedule North Texas in non-conference play. So there were some uh, there were some interests there that that came to the surface. Yeah, and and so this is interesting because I'm just sort of doing the math on this thing, and we don't know what's going to happen. I, I will point out a little bit of history. The last time the Big Twelve commissioner, who was not Bob Bowlesby at the time, it was Dan Beebe, met with the new commissioner of the PAC insert number here. It was Larry Scott, and Larry Scott at the time came away from that meeting and said, that was interesting. Now I'm going to hatch a plan to steal half the league and create a 16-team league that the TV networks would love. And he almost pulled it off. He, he almost pulled it off, but Texas pulled an okey-doke at the last minute and said, you know what? We would like to keep our third-tier rights and create a cable network of our own. And Larry Scott was like, no, no, no. We've been talking the whole time about we're going to create a conference network. And Texas was like, yeah, but the Big 12 is going to let us create a cable network, so we're going to stay in the Big 12. And then that all fell apart. But I'd imagine if you're the remaining eight now, you're saying, George Klyevkov, please hatch a plan to steal us all. Well, and wouldn't you think, Andy, that like this coming out is not a bad thing for the Pac-12 either, because maybe it creates no. more options for them if the Big 10 sees this and says, hmm, maybe we need to get a little more serious about talking to you guys. It, it, it Well, it does, especially in terms of a, a scheduling alliance, because the, the Pac-12 Big Ten scheduling alliance makes the most logical sense. One, because they were already going to do it, and then they decided not to when the Big Ten went to nine conference games, and their partners in the Rose Bowl and all, all that. And, the, and it's some pretty big brands that we're talking about. But I think this is Bob Bowlesby also doing everything he can, and he's been put in a terribly difficult situation. This is the best possible thing he could create if he could pull this out of his hat i mean he retires because he, he's not going to be doing this too much longer he was already planning on retiring within the next few years but if he pulls this out of his hat he retires as a as the hero of those schools well and you hold them together you know if, they, if this can work out as opposed to uh people going their separate ways to the aac or the mountain west and and you know living in a world where that distribution is is 5 million a year yeah i mean it, it's a it would it would make a huge difference and you know we've had skepticism in the past about well can these eight really trust each other and collaborate and and you know come to that same conclusion that uh you know working together is going to put the best options on the table i think this is this makes it a little bit easier for for them to i would think uh collaborate and uh 
you know, get serious about, okay, maybe we can, maybe this league won't die. Maybe we can do something to get together. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the, it's the, it's a hail Mary, but you got to try all your options. And I, and again, I go back to the to financial and Max, you mentioned it. the financial devastation that'll hit these departments is just enormous. And so anything you can do to mitigate that issue and, and Again, fourteen million a year in TV rights is not bad, but it, but when you cut, when you consider that's half of what they're doing now, they've got to figure out something. So they're going to figure out every option they can. They can keep them in the ballpark where they are now, and and this makes a lot of sense if they can make it happen. As Mac Rhodes said yesterday, it's hard to envision any scenario where they're made whole at the end of this. So they've got to pursue whatever option is out there that gets them as close as possible. Yeah, and they they're trying. And you cannot blame them for that. I I would do everything possible. The timing of this is interesting because I, I can envision a scenario if you can if you could make this if you somehow convince the Pac-12 that that a merger is a good idea. And I'm not sure you can, but if you could, think about this. So the Pac-12's TV deal runs out after the 23-24 school year. It expires on June 30th, 2024. So that's one year before the Big 12s expires. So how about this? You managed to keep Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 for the next three years and get that money from, from that contract. You then move into the new thing with a new contract that starts July 1st, 2024, and you say to Texas and Oklahoma, via con Dios, been nice knowing you. Uh, it, it, and maybe, that's a maybe very polite way of saying it. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that would be a very polite uh, way of saying goodbye, for sure. Yeah, maybe you squeeze a check out of them because there's still one more year on that that Big 12 deal. Probably not the full amount, but maybe a little bit because you just make it go faster and they want to get to the SEC faster. So it it is possible. Max, I know we got to let you go because you are busy scooping the world on these stories and and writing a million things at once. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, you can hear Max and Sam on One True Pod on Thursdays this fall on the Andy Staple Show and Friends channel. But Max, uh, I'm sure I'll be calling you again in about mm, 24 hours for another podcast. I one one source I talked with this morning was like, you know, I think I think hopefully this stuff will will calm down after this because you know it's time to get ready for this semester and this this season. So hey, you know, maybe so. Maybe this will all just go totally quiet and uh, and and get super chill for the rest of the year. We can we can only hope, right? <laughs> and we can just talk about football. Yeah, yeah. That Thanks for having nice. me, man. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. 
Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, Sam, let's let's discuss all of this because uh, you and I were, were going back and forth during that that Texas Senate meeting on Tuesday, and and we had a lot of fun with that. And it was it was just crazy because it felt like it was a there were there were everybody had their own agenda, but the main agenda was let's kick Texas, let's <laughs> let's roast Texas. This was this was the Comedy Central roast of Texas, and. You know, these schools are, are very mad. And you had representatives from Baylor talking. You had Texas Tech. And uh, you had people who were affected and aggrieved. And this is, this is going to be a very contentious breakup. And the parts that, that I was most interested in are the, them trying to nail down Jay Hartzell, the president of Texas, on the timeline of when all this started. Because, you know, in the Big 12, they, they really want to get to the bottom of when Texas and the SEC started talking and Hartzell would not give them anything on that. Yeah, he, he was, I, I, I've got to say, I was pretty impressed with how he handled himself because they were coming at him and I thought he stayed pretty composed and organized and measured in his words. He was pretty careful, but yeah, the, the gist of what he gave them was him and Joe Harris, though you president, talked after he was appointed as full-time president back in uh, the fall. They had discussed then in very general terms about the future of the Big 12 and how comfortable OU and Texas felt in it and whether or not they wanted to stay and, and explore a move. And then he said they moved, they contacted Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, uh, this spring. Hartzell said he reached out himself. He said the SEC did not reach out to them. Had a Zoom call with Sankey uh, about the possibility and to see if it was feasible to go and join the league. And once Sankey made it clear that it was feasible, then that's when things started cranking up. And I think that's probably around the time also that the big 12 went to Fox and ESPN to game out what the temperature would be on redoing the TV rights. And and the ESPN Fox told him, eh, we're not really that interested in doing that right now. I think that's probably what accelerated this entire process, but it did get the hearts. I think gave us for the first time, at least a little bit of insight into the timing of this, beyond what we heard when the story the story was broken. Yeah, I've always thought if we were looking at it logically, the final straw probably was the Big 12's contract was not going to be revisited by ESPN and Fox before it ended, whereas the SEC's contract, where they, they have got to deal with CBS that is severely under market for, for the best game of the week each year or each each week, and ESPN is throwing money at that during a pandemic four years before the contract ends. I mean, that, that tells you how the, the networks view or how ESPN views the SEC and how it views the Big 12. Now, you can get into whether there was conspiracy or not, but that's a, 
that's more market forces than anything else. And that's that's the part. They kept trying to nail down Hartzell on this. And, and they, they also did this with the folks from the, the remaining Big 12 schools where they kept trying to get everybody to say, you know, the Big 12 is going to die. Mm-hmm. And Hartzell wouldn't say the Big 12 is going to die. But what Hartzell also wouldn't say is, we just thought the SEC was better. And that's, that is the fact of the matter. You, we, you've told us by your actions you thought going to the SEC was better. And I think most objective observers would agree that the SEC is a better conference home than the Big 12 for anybody. There's no doubt. And that, that was the thing that was interesting. It, it, they try to get him to say it about five different ways that, well, what's wrong with the Big 12? And why do you feel like you have to leave the Big 12? And it, it was over and over and over. And he said, look, I don't think the Big 12's doomed. I don't think it's going to die. He just, I just think for us, I'm trying to forecast the future. This is not a 2021 decision. It's being made in 2021, but it's not for 2021. Hartzell said, I'm looking at 2025 and beyond and trying to forecast, hey, we get these decisions to make these moves once every decade plus because they signed that grant of rights in 2013. So by 2025, it will have been 12 years. So in that window, we've got to make the decision. Is this the best home for us or do we need to find something else? And given all the circumstances of last year, we feel like the SEC has a better game day experience, gives us better edge in recruiting, and obviously the TV deal is much, much better and gives us a better chance long-term because right now the gap between Texas and Oklahoma and those SEC schools is not very big. But in six or seven years after that tier one deal kicks in for the SEC in 2024, you better believe it's going to be big because you're talking perhaps a difference of $30 million a year in media revenue rights distributed between the SEC schools, what they distribute and what the big 12 schools would distribute in four or five years. Well, and, and I think what we're hearing today, what Max reported tells you the big 12 is not doomed. And I, listen, the big 12 is never doomed. The big 12 could go on as a conference. It just may not be as, as prestigious as it was before. Like they can add schools if they wanted to continue operating as the big 12 there's still a conference that makes money that is is probably more middle class than than group of five or we're gonna have to change the names of all these. It's, it's, I don't, is it gonna be power three, power four, whatever? But it would be a middle class type league. The schools would still be making, you know, eight figure payouts from television. Uh, they'd still have seven figure head football coaches. They'd still have crazy fans and and full stadiums and cool uniforms and all that stuff. They just wouldn't be considered at the same level as Alabama or as Ohio state. And, and they wouldn't be in a league with somebody who's considered of that level. So if you can do something with the PAC 12, then maybe you do that. But it, it's interesting because the PAC 12, what's, what have we been talking about for the last few years that they don't have any teams on that level? But I think from a brand standpoint, they do. For I think USC is definitely there. I think Oregon's definitely there. Oregon may be there on the field. I think the best way it was put yesterday was Baylor Athletic Director Macroad said, we need to make sure that for the state of Texas, for these three schools, that this is not a demotion. And that is essentially what it is. It's when right. you lose Texas and OU, the Big 12 is not dying. 
but it is going to be demoted. It is losing its status. And so that's why it's such, and, and again, we go back to the financials of it and, and how much it'll hit them. That's why it's such a big deal. That's why we're having a Texas state Senate committee having a hearing about this because, you know, all these politicians are alums of some of these schools and it, it it's going to impact those schools and those towns in a big way. And it's going to have real consequences, which, which is unfortunate, but that's the reason why I think so many people have said, well, what, what's, what's with the big 12? What's the reason with the problem with the big 12? It's not so much the problem with the big 12, it's so much that the sec is just that is that much better at this point, or will be that much better in four or five years in terms of stability and, and financial outlook. Well, and one thing working against those Big 12 schools is they had that dog and pony show a few years ago with the group of five schools saying, well, come come see if you're worthy of joining us, and then found none of them worthy of joining them. And they're getting, they got a little raked over the coals about that in the hearing as well. I, I've got a clip. Uh, we, we heard from Senator Whitmire earlier, but this is Senator Whitmire talking to, to Mac Rhodes, the Baylor AD, who has seen this from several sides because he used to be the Houston athletic director. He also used to be the Missouri athletic director. So he's, he's seen this from, from many, <laughs> many different angles, but here's, here's him getting, getting grilled over Houston by Senator Whitmire. Why wouldn't you mention U of H and, and other institutions as, as being schools we would be looking out for their best interest? Well, as, as you know, UH is, is near and dear to my heart. I do spent I spent five years there, and we were able to accomplish uh, a lot while while I was there. I think you can for now the impact of being left out of a major conference. Sure, and I think for right now, I'm certainly focused primarily on the three that that there isn't, so to speak, a demotion. Yeah. As we think about moving forward, certainly UH could be a could be a. Um, somebody that that we we look at um, so could a number of other schools um, depending upon a bunch of different factors and what can we put together that provides the most value and it's only logical because that's the three that are in transition right now or certainly at this table but um, when we start talking about the great state of Texas and now we want to look out for the state, it just uh, seems like there's another obvious university that would be on everyone's mind. <laughs> they keep slipping it in there, Sam. I tell you, <laughs> John, Whitmire, John Whitmire is a proud University of Houston graduate. Boy, you could always count on him to be carrying the UH flag at, at the Capitol, man. Uh, it's uh, it, that, that, that's I felt bad for Mac because Mac's not the commissioner, and so he's not right. making this decision. And, and Whitmire is basically like, why don't you invite UH? And so Mac was well, in a he, he tough picked spot. he picked the guy that's going to be the most sympathetic toward Houston as well because he worked right. here for five years, right? Golly, so it's uh, it's fascinating. I will say this on that, and I don't remember if you and I have talked about. No, I've talked about it with Max and Jason. I want you pod is I do like the idea of getting Houston and SMU in that league and putting together essentially more than half of the old Southwest Conference back together because if you're not going to make the money that you were making with Texas No You. The next best thing, in my opinion, is make it a fun experience for the fans, bring back some regional rivalries and interests, and make it make it an easy experience where, hey, guess what? You can actually drive to a road game once in a while. Yeah, I listen, footprint matters. 
I keep saying it's not the driving force of this round of realignment, and it's not. But footprint still matters if you're going to do a cable network. But if you're not going to do a cable network, if you're going to sell your third tier rights individually or stream them, just make the most competitive, most fun league you can with the best brands you can get. And obviously, if the Pac-12 is down to merge, merge. Do it. But if they're not, if they want something different and they say, well, why don't you guys bump yourselves up to 12 and that way we'll be 12 and 12 and we can do some fun scheduling alliance that'll make us all some more TV money. You know, I, I think Cincinnati and UCF would be good options. USF could be a good option. But I also think SMU and Houston would be great options for them because I do, I do think the football part of that would be a lot of fun. The rivalry part of it would be a lot of fun. And you you could create something that people want to watch. And I don't know if it's the same number of people that want to watch Oklahoma-Auburn, but there's still real money in having several hundred thousand or a million people wanting to watch your game, which you could do with that league. Yeah, and that's the thing. that Stu, Stu Mandel did that breakdown in a lot of those top American athletic conference games that involve some of those teams that you just mentioned and those big 12 games are getting, we're getting that number around a million or in the high six figures in viewers. And those are, those are pretty similar enough that if you package them together, Hey, maybe you actually have a decent deal. Again, it's not going to approach what the old one is. And I agree with you. If you can make the PAC 12 merger thing happen, you go for it because you, you exhaust all measures you can to mitigate this loss. But if that doesn't happen, I think this makes a lot of sense, and but but it was certainly interesting to hear everybody, including Whitmire, vouch for their alma maters on on the panel yesterday. Well, speaking of vouching for your alma mater, Charles Perry, he's a uh, he's a Texas Tech grad, if I'm not mistaken. He, uh, you know, he had this one when queued up and and probably pre written, but I really appreciated anytime you can work Christmas vacation <laughs> into a Senate hearing where you're yelling at Texas about changing conferences. You've got to do it. So let's hear Charles Perry talking to Texas President Jay Hartzell. Uh, this is this is an epic rant right here. I think we do have a vested interest in monitoring activities that impact us statewide. And arguably, you can't deny the fact that football and changes thereof, unfortunately, whether I agree or not, that we probably put way too much emphasis on it. But the fact that we do, that's the rules of the day, impacts us. And I think that um, I said it earlier, there's going to be some proposals in legislation that I'm sure you guys are not going to find overwhelming, but you can't be the flagship. You can't carry the Texas name. And, and, and you know, if you're as big and great as you think you are, you should have made the Big 12 equal or better than the SEC, and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I kind of feel sorry for the SEC, Cousin Eddie's coming home and he don't leave till he's wrecked the, wrecked the whole house. And I don't quite think they understand where they think you're coming in at. I know where they think they're at. So that's a different topic. They've made their bed to lie in it. But I really think as a state, I'm very disappointed about how this has transpired. I'm as a legislature and a policy deal goes, I'm really disappointed that this wasn't even a conversation. And I understand proprietary stuff, but don't you think we might have should have known? Don't you think we might have should have known? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> Did you have to know? And and here's where I really kind of laugh. 
they're saying, well, why couldn't you make the Big 12 better? Why is that Texas' responsibility? Why couldn't Texas Tech make the Big 12 worth more money? Why couldn't Baylor make the Big 12 worth more money? Why couldn't TCU make the Big 12 worth more money? Texas and Oklahoma aren't responsible for the financial well-being of all those other schools. It's also Bob Bowlesby's job to make sure the conference is at maximum strength. And I think this goes back in part to the 2016 conversation of the dog and pony show and expansion, which multiple folks I talked to at schools that call it a sham. They felt like it was a, a sham experience. So the Big 12 had a lot of factors that led up to this, to this position and instability. Texas had its part, obviously, because of what happened no in kidding. 2010. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and he's right. Listen, he's right about the Cousin Eddie thing. Yeah. Because Texas ran that entire round of realignment, did what was best for Texas, which is Texas's right, but that had a huge destabilizing effect on everybody else. So he's not wrong when he says that. Now, he is probably wrong when he says he feels sorry for the SEC because Texas could come in and, and wreck everything. The difference is the other members of the Big 12 were pushovers compared to who Texas is going to be in the league with now. Like if Texas tries to come in and dictate terms to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, and Auburn, that's not going to go very well for Texas. And I think the people at Texas probably do realize that. Yeah, I do. I do too. And, and you also have to understand that there's a change in leadership. That there's a different president. There's a different athletic director. It's an entire different structure now at Texas than it was in 2010. But I agree with you. Yeah. They had their role, but the Big 12 had its own issues as well. Like you said, it, it hasn't done well from an NFL draft standpoint, which is why the SEC is more attractive in recruiting. Uh, yes. It hasn't done it hasn't done as well just on the field in general. They haven't had any wins in the college football playoff in the college football playoff era. They have not. The Big 12 has not won or not even been to a national championship since 2009. So that's not just on Texas. Yes, Texas has a role in that, but that's also on everybody else as well. So there, there are a multitude of factors that led the Big 12 to this spot. And no, it is not only Texas's job to or Oklahoma's job to hold up the conference. Now, that didn't stop everybody from getting their licks in. We got Senator Lois Kolkhorst, and and I got to tell you, this is tremendous. I, I have maybe one quibble with with her joke construction, but this this was beautiful. The, she sets it up and just lowers the boom on Jay Hartzell. So listen, listen to, the, to Lois Kolkhorst, former TCU golfer, by the way. Different numbers from all the universities, but what's your athletic budget? It's over $200 million. It's probably... 220, 225 in that range. Where does that put you in the U.S.? Uh, depending on the, how you count, probably first. And that's without a winning football team of late. It's in, in spite of our, in spite of our football team. We, we've been winning, just not like we like to win. Three and seven against the Horn Frogs. Um, <laughs> so um, maybe your fan base would rather lose to Alabama than TCU. So. Ouch, baby. <laughs> and, and by the way, I, I don't know if it's you, you or me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you were the one who texted me last night to fact check that. It's two and seven, <laughs> not three and seven. She gave him too much credit. I also but, love how Jay Hartzell looked like he wanted to chuckle when, when it was happening. He definitely. Oh, that. yeah. By the way, Bob Bowlesby is behind the speaker, the, the person who's being grilled by the senators for the, the entirety of this meeting after Bob Bowlesby got off the stand. 
And I, I give him the utmost credit because you would have been able to read my facial features every time somebody said something I didn't like. And he was just poker face the entire time. He'd check his phone every once in a while, but he didn't give anything away. So you, I, I would never play poker with Bob Bowlesby because he, he didn't, like I would have been grimacing and frowning and smiling and, and just like putting my head in my hands on certain things. None of that from him. He, he held it together a lot better than I ever could. But the this Jay Hartzell thing, yeah, this is now my only quibble with Senator Kolkor's joke is the the better joke is maybe your fan base would rather lose to Mississippi State than TCU. Because <laughs> everybody loses to Alabama. This is There's true. no shame in that. This is true. This is true. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Mississippi State would be analogous to TCU in the SEC. Uh, the other thing about this, you mentioned Bowlesby. In our story at the on The Athletic about this, Max and I, Max's screenshot of Bob Bowlesby staring daggers into the back of Jay Harsel's head is at the top of the story. So if you haven't seen that, which I know people, plenty of people did yesterday on Twitter, that is a wonderful snapshot of where we were yesterday with Bob Bowlesby with that uh, ice grill in the back of Jay Hartzell while he was on, on the podium. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now, we've talked about some things that are, are very interesting today. We've talked about, as Max wrote, the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 having a meeting to figure out maybe there's something they can do together, which I think is going to be very interesting to watch going forward. And uh, I do like Max's uh, galaxy brain thinking that maybe the Pac-12 is trying to nudge, nudge, nudge the Big 10 about a scheduling alliance like, hey, we could do a scheduling alliance with them, or we could do a scheduling alliance with you. Or perhaps they do want to merge. Perhaps they want to grow, you know, do what the ACC did in the in the previous round of realignment, play offense by, or excuse me, play defense by playing offense, where you grow, and that makes it harder to be picked apart, which is why the ACC is where it is in a relatively safe position now, and why the Big East is now a non-football conference and the American is a conference that exists because the Big East and ACC were peers and then the ACC acted in its own best interest, protected itself by growing and it did it by pillaging the Big East. So this is this is the the game that gets played now and we don't know who does what. We just know that the Pac-12 is in a a little better position than the eight remaining Big 12 schools. The Big 10 is in a better position than anybody. Than the S- except for maybe the SEC. 
So we just sort of watch and wait. But there is some absurdity here, Sam. You know, uh, politicians sometimes also read message boards. <laughs> I mean, they may not admit to it, but we we, we know they do. We, we've seen that their handles get found out, especially in like Louisiana with LSU, uh, Arkansas. We've seen politicians' handles come out that where, where they're on active on the boards. Now, there there is a senator who was asking. Texas President Jay Hartzell questions and Senator Springer. And I'm pretty sure he's on a message board somewhere because <laughs> I don't know where else he got this from because I don't believe it was reported anywhere other than uh, the, the places where the rumors, the, the real <laughs> juicy rumors get floated. So let's, let's listen to this. On, on the Longhorn Network. So is it going to be just dissolved we have that the expectation is we'll wind it down, but we haven't talked specifically about what that will look like. Because there was a there was a report out that had something in there that ESPN was going to do a buyout to UT on the Longhorn Network yeah. to the tune of maybe 160 million, and that UT was going to pay the University of Oklahoma's exit fee to the Big Twelve. Yeah, and, and I guess if that's the case, that's an asset that the state of Texas has created. And if we're going to give $75 million to the state of Oklahoma to pay an exit fee, I've got a really big problem. So are you, can yeah. you say committing that you're not going to pay <laughs> use exit I can commit. Uh, I probably should admit this in front of this body. I, I grew up in Oklahoma, but I'm not going to pay their exit fee. Uh, so let me be clear. I was born in Oklahoma, and I don't you want you to pay their yeah. exit fee. Now, let me be clear. Uh, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know where that came from, honestly. If you think about those cash flows that are, that are in that deal from ESPN, those are in exchange for our, our tier three media rights. Correct. What would make them write a lump sum check for something they never receive? There's no there's no obligation for them to send us a check whether they have or don't have the right to to broadcast our games. So it's it's a it's a ludicrous report, honestly. Well, you know. So Bob Bowlesby even laughed at that line, by the way. <laughs> no, that's the, the one I'm time he gonna, smiled throughout the entire experience. I'm, I'm not gonna pay Oklahoma's exit fee. But uh, that essentially was Jay Hartzell's version of the scene in Billy Madison, where he says, at no point in your rambling, incoherent, blah, 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 did you say anything, blah, 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 resembling a rational thought. We are all dumber for having heard it, and may God have mercy on your soul. And that's where it probably should end ended. But wait, he tried to dig his way out of it. <laughs> you know, I think you could possibly make an argument that that they, they see the value of y'all being at SEC and the Big 12 possibly use leveraging y'all to collapse it, that they make more money and they could possibly make a yeah. 500 million to a billion dollars more if the big 12 ceases to exist and they have four power conferences. So uh, corporations can do their form yeah. of cash flow projections and sure. it's more in their interest. And that's why I asked early on today to the commissioner of the big 12 was how much is ESPN as a corporation playing and manipulating what is happening in our uh, schools, uh, athletic programs. Yes, sir. I, I understand the concern. Let me just be clear. Not happened, not going to happen. Don't know thank where it came you. from. Thank you. Thank you very much, Madam Chairman. Oh, we know where it thank came you. from. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you very much, Madam Chairman. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Madam Chairman, please get me out of this. Please. Oh, my goodness. Because, because I mean, Jay Hartzell at that point is just like, no, 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 no. And, and remember, this is a guy who's been fairly evasive so far. I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. 
when he starts going, no, 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 you know, yeah. you've stepped in something <laughs> incredibly dumb. I, I, when I heard that question, I, that just blew my mind. Cause I, not once had I heard from anybody, well, Texas is going to pay Oklahoma's exit fee. Like what the hell are we talking about here? I, it's, that's amazing that that has circulated somewhere. Well, it, and listen, this is what happens when Texas football and Texas politics mix. It is a volatile cocktail that results in pretty funny television. <laughs> oh, man. No, like I said, nobody mixes politics and college football quite like Texas does. But that was some good theater. Um, and certainly it get. I, I, I feel like half of it was just to set up and, and line up bows and arrows at, at Hartzell. And like I said earlier, I thought Hartsell for overall acquitted himself pretty well. Uh, he, he handled it. I thought he handled it pretty, pretty in a pretty solid fashion. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see how uh, how this all continues to unfold. I mean, there, there's still this divorce that has to happen at some point, whether it's in 2025. I would imagine it's probably sooner than that. And and I would imagine it's not going to be pretty. But but I thought overall he did pretty well considering the the way people were setting up at him yesterday. Well, listen. The Big 12's going out for coffee with somebody else today. Who knows how that might <laughs> blossom? What if they have a nice conversation? Things go well. Suddenly coffee turns into dinner. Maybe they're going to see a movie. Pretty soon they got toothbrushes in each other's apartments. <laughs> Come on. It's, it, this, this may not be as, as awful as everybody thinks. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I. This stuff is very messy. This is always contentious. But, hey, we're looking at potentially what the next move might be. The remaining schools in the Big 12, having a chat with the Pac-12. Just a couple conferences talking. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Sam, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you later this week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.